0: SheQuest podcast is heart-opening dialogues for self-identify women on a SheQuest, a movement moving forward, striving to live aware, bold, and whole.
1: Welcome.
0: Hi, SheQuest, and welcome to SheQuest podcast guest series. I'm your host Estelle Thompson. This series of podcast shows is titled Ground to Grow, Art that Transforms. This month, we explore and dive deep in the world of art and yoga. Our theme for our first month of our new decade is a favorite expression of mine, grounding to grow. And for me, that means debunking self-growth and cliche saying like rising into your best self. What does that even mean to rise in our divine feminine and magic? How can I transform at soul level? If you've listened to this podcast more than once, you know I tap into my soul through art and yoga. This month's Ground to Grow then is seep with the transformational aspect of art and making art, which is often overlooked in our culture. This month, you're in for an artful treat as I bring in artists from all kinds of background to speak to us of the necessity of self-expression and creativity and its health benefits in, in bringing forth what's inside you out. And my hope is this, that through our SheQuest guests this month, you start seeing that this, the necessity of self-expression and know with conviction that art can and does transform. So today, I'm so, so thrilled to have Kristen Arrington um, here on the show. And also, on a side note, that Kristen has taken the Chic West Summer School, which is even more meaningful, I find. Um, She's an abstract painter, designer, and creative collaborator. Um, Though born and raised in a small farming community of rural Nova Scotia, Kristen has called Halifax, Nova Scotia home for more than a decade. She identifies primarily as a fluid artist, capturing life's overlooked moments and experience in abstract form. Kristen uses digital image of her work to make fabrics for items such as yoga mats, leggings, and furniture. She is currently working on the Gemini project, an exploration of multiple identities. Hi, Kristen!
1: Hello, Estelle! (laughs) So glad to have you here. How are you? I am so good. It's such a special day for me to get to talk to you. I I've taken your SheQuest program, as you mentioned, and feel like I've had a chance to get to know you and your work. And when you reached out to me, I, I just was so excited and ran into my living room and said to my husband, "Like Estelle wants to talk to me." <laughs> I mean, actually, actually it's really, really exciting. Oh my god! Actually, as
0: you're just. Saying these things, did you know, did I ever tell you that you were the first one to sign up? I mean, oh my God, this is so symbolic because you're, really? yes, you're actually the first student to come on my podcast. And now that I think of it, you were the first one that signed up. Isn't that wild?
1: Wow. that That's very, <laughs> yes, that's perfect. I posted it because
0: it was in 2008 and I posted it legit like two minutes after you signed up.
1: I feel like, and now that you mention this too, I recall, I think it was this time of year, maybe in December or late in the year that you had launched SheQuest and I was at my, I was in Cape Breton and saw your post, and and just, it resonated with me so perfectly. I thought, this is just exactly what I'm looking for, and I, I don't even know if I read really beyond <laughs> the first couple of sentences and and signed up, and uh, yeah, it worked out so beautifully. Oh, so cool. Anyways, I'm making all these connections, like, why all the time? Oh, yeah. um, so,
0: as you know, at Cheek West, we strive to live aware, bold, and whole, and I start all my podcasts by asking – I by asking you, what makes you feel alive today?
1: Oh, there's so many things, Mm -hmm. uh, especially over the holidays. Mm -hmm. But I think just having that that space and time and, you know, being able to just settle into myself has been what's made me feel alive. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And before... We dive deep in our subject, ground to grow, art that transform. I'd love for you to just talk about yourself. Um, I mean, I did mention a little bit in the bio, but um, like who you are personally, professionally, how you grew up and like, how did you get where you are today?
1: I grew up in a small town uh, in the Annapolis Valley and I often found myself feeling that I was meant to kind of be somewhere else. I can appreciate that, that surrounding and environment and upbringing now as an adult, but I sort of felt constrained. Like I, as soon as I graduated high school, I moved right to Toronto. Like I needed to get to the biggest, most exciting place imaginable. And I, I sort of feel like, you know, that I, now that I've had time to reflect on that, it's, it's just been part of this creative energy or larger than life ambition that I've had all along. And, I think I was always aware of that feeling or dream, uh, but I didn't really know where that would take me. Uh, So I, you know, I went on, did a lot of traveling. I moved a lot. uh, I changed my mind a lot, changed my direction. I think that's still happening. Uh, Maybe it will always happen, (sighs) but it's taken me on lots of adventures and, you know. Did you go to art school? I didn't. I mean, I've taken a few art classes. And and actually, I, I went to school for political science. So I have a master's degree in political science, but I did my thesis research on the creative industries and the creative culture so that's so interesting (laughs) so here I was I had to and I did an art show for part of my thesis project Mm -hmm. and had to argue to the ethics board and everything for them to let me (laughs) include this instead of just writing a paper but I really wanted to explore the artists what I call the artist thing so that creative knowing inside of us I wanted to ask how that was influenced or impacted by capitalism. So are you creating content that you feel will sell or something that's from your authentic self? And sometimes they're one in the same and sometimes there's a bit of a struggle there. Uh, And I had the opportunity to interview several artists from Nova Scotia, all of whom had a different experience and It was sort of through that education and speaking with other creators that I found my own voice and technique and have been growing since then.
0: Wow, I did not know this about you. That's so, so, so interesting. And were you making art back when you were writing that thesis?
1: I was. So for each interview I conducted, based on the responses provided by the artists, I I did a painting based on that person and had an art show as part of my thesis research and project.
0: Oh, and you did inquire, but didn't you send me an email
1: about that? Uh, I gosh, that. I, might, I probably, I probably yeah. did a sell. Yes, yeah, and and we'll get we'll get there one day. <laughs> what?
0: And uh, you did an art show for that? Out of all these interviews. That's right.
1: Yeah. Oh, so I had a written, you know, my written research that was uh, mandatory, but was able to include the art show as part of my final project as well.
0: Well, and it's so funny. It's um, I and I've talked about this uh through other episodes. How that's something I struggle with like all the time. You know, as like somebody that sells our art for like a living. That that's all that I do. But um, mm-hmm. like every time I'm like am I making this because I know it's going to sell or I'm making this because that's really what I want, you know? And I, I really go back and forth. I think like all the time um, in like in that desire to serve my people. And at the same time, it's like, no, like what, what is it really I want to make, you know? Um,
1: exactly. It's a curious I- question. And I, I think we all, I, you know, I'll say struggle with that, but we all consider that at least in starting a new project. And you you hope that it's certainly authentic and it always is to some extent. But, you know, a good example might be uh, in my research talking about a pop song and there's a certain structure to a, a, a successful song we'll call it. And so as a songwriter, are you following those mathematical guidelines or sort of pushing outside of the box and considering trends and you know that's everything from fashion to painting, advertising, everything. Yeah. So yeah, it's a curious world to to be in.
0: Yeah, it really is. But um let's go back to like um when did you think you really started a to your self-expression, like beyond the professional aspect of it like just just waking up to your your voice
1: yeah I feel like it's been something that came naturally to me from a young age I was always an expressive kid uh, I liked acting in theater and things that were sort of dramatic or whimsical or magical and I still carry that in me so I was kind of a a show-off, really, in in (laughs) lots of my young adult life. And I've become much more quiet and uh, introverted as I've gotten older. But I think my real voice that I have sort of gone public with, we'll say, in my art happened about five years ago. I bought my first house with my partner and before that had always been creating just at my kitchen table which was great. But I was sort of setting up doing something quickly and then cleaning it up at night to eat dinner. And it was this constant sort of back and forth. I didn't have this real sacred space to explore and for it to be consistent. And when I when we moved into our new home, the former homeowner was actually uh, an artist. So there was a built in art studio here. So there was a sink and shelves and a table. And I think that kind of sold me on it. And It was then that I was really able to just lay out my things and be one with the space and with myself and explore and not be spending uh, all of this energy on sort of setting up and tearing down every time.
0: Yes, I just got shivers when you're like, I so dream of a sink in my studio.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's those little
0: things, isn't it? Uh. I know when you said the sink, I was like, oh my God, you got the house. <laughs> but um, it means when you were talking, I was, uh, I don't know if you remember, like when you did SheQuest, do you remember like at the beginning where everyone was showing their space where they would yes. do their quest work? And like that for me, cause like that's something over the years, like, you know, teaching other people like this permission to make art. It's like people don't do art or make art um, for three reasons, you know, they don't think they have time, they don't think they have a space, and they don't think they have money, you know, Mm -hmm. so then then I made the point of being like, well, if you're in, like, if you're in Chicos right now, the money part is not an issue anymore, because then, you know, you you made the investment, and then, you know, time, it's like, we can get on that later, but like, get yourself a space, and like, I agree, it's like, even if you did have that corner of the kitchen table, like, to never like clean it like to just leave it there you
1: know really? or like like the side if of the that's all you have yeah mm-hmm. if that's all you have run with it I mean I I still managed to create with that space but it, it really was a beautiful thing to be able to open expand that space
0: yeah but do you like I remember like all these pictures going and sometimes it was just like The desk, you know, this like little corner where all like the images and stuff that you can like go back and sit your butt down there like over and over again, you know, and it's like, yeah, yeah, I, I love that. So that's when you moved into your house that you were like, okay, this is this is happening.
1: Yes, it it sort of opened up my my headspace for all of these things to come in and, and the physical space too. It, it was yeah. something tangible for me to work with. It really was important. But I loved that exercise that you gave us and and seeing other people's spaces. We talked briefly about this before, Estelle, and just being inspired by other creatives' work. I mean, for me, that's such a gift to – be able to see others process or see an image or maybe a setup or a vision board that they've created and think oh that's that's such a great idea, or I hadn't thought of that and you know you sort of make it your own, and that's always a great learning experience
0: yes so inspiring and and because like our the podcast today is really about like grounding to grow, like how do you think your art practice like grounds you like maybe you can talk about your creative process a little
1: sure it's uh (laughs) my creative process is bittersweet I I've been (laughs) thinking about this actually quite a bit the last couple of weeks because I have had more time at home and in my studio and I go through this weird phase before I actually start to paint where I kind of will do everything but that. So it's like a procrastination that happens. As excited as I am to get started, I'll do a couple of loads of laundry and then go for a walk. And it's very much this almost like cleansing process before I can start. Uh, but it's it's a little annoying too, because I know I only have so much time and, and I'll feel like I'm kind of wasting it. But for whatever reason, that has very much become part of my process, sort of be, like busying my mind and ridding of maybe the to-do list a little bit and then settling in. Um, I do something where if I'm unwrapping a, a new canvas, I like to run my fingers across the clean white canvas and sometimes I'll even smell the wood. Mm-hmm. That's become <laughs> a bit of a ritual as well. Um, and these are very unconscious things until – you know, I thought about it and asked myself some of these questions. But there are a few of those things that I I tend to always do. Uh, I like having a clean space, a clean studio. Uh, For me, the style that I do, it takes quite a while to mix my materials, my paints, it takes a couple of hours just to prepare before I can even put paint to canvas. So that sort of time where, you know, I might be listening to a podcast or listening to music, watching a show, that type of thing. So it's kind of, you know, just like a nice Sunday afternoon vibe. Um, And then when the work starts, it becomes a little bit more serious, a little bit more tapped in. And from there, it's just kind of has a mind of its own. I
0: thank you so much for sharing that because I think I've been really like I – When people think because, like, we're, like, both of us, let's say, like, we are professional artists, that it's just assumed that, like, it's easy for us to paint. When, like, I still like, I love, like, no, it's, like, a painting is, like, the hardest thing ever. Like, to make a painting for me, it's still, like, it is hard. And there is such a big resistance. And resistance is the
1: perfect word.
0: Yes. uh, And it's, like. I don't think you ever, like, even if I think, like, I've been painting for, like, 20 years, whatever, it doesn't get easier, you know? (laughs) And, like, you're talking to, like, both of us sell our art for a living, and it's still, like, that doesn't make it easier, you know? Like, and once I start to paint, then it's, like, okay, I get to, like – you know, Elizabeth Gilbert always says, like, okay, fear, like, just get in the background. But, like, the fear is still there. Like, the it
1: doesn't go away. I
0: know. I know. I love it. Well, I don't
1: know about you, but I often find, I would say, almost every painting I've ever made, I have a moment with it where I don't like it. Or <laughs> there's something about it that's really uncomfortable. So it's this, real you know, and maybe it's knowing that I'm going to feel that way. And that's where the resistance comes from. But it's, it's, that's a very consistent experience for me. And I wonder, too, if, if people, because we love painting and creating, if it's assumed that because you enjoy it in that way, that you don't have any of those sort of negative or fearful feelings. But it's very, very much part of the process. But you do. And actually,
0: that's something I talk in my workshops like all the time where... There's a point in the painting where I literally I want to throw it out. I want to like break it and I like (laughs) pe on it or something like seriously. Like I'm just like, this is shit. This is complete bull. Like and when and then now I know it's like the process in itself, it's like almost like PMS before having your period. Like exactly yeah that's the best metaphor (laughs) well and then I I usually like when that happens like I usually like I leave the scene (laughs) (laughs) I just leave and it's so funny Kristen because the next day or whatever when I go back to it I'll look at it and I'm like oh like it's not that bad like (laughs) exactly usually usually too that's what I've you know, it might defer free, but like usually the thing that I think doesn't work about the painting becomes the focal point of the painting too. Like becomes the thing exactly. where like hey there, interrupting this incredibly heart-opening episode to let you know about my new art channel. If you're listening to this podcast as a quest member, this feature is included in the membership sisterhood community. Yay! More than 8 21 days of mindful art classes and curated topics for each class, such as 21 days of birds and butterfly, 21 days of love and loss, 21 days of women in power, and so on. Classes and programs are being uploaded on a monthly basis. If you aren't part of the membership and would like to try the art channel, this option is now available Use the coupon SHEART, that's S-H-E-A-R-T, all big letters, to get one month free. And tell the women and men you know and love about this stunning opportunity to develop a home art practice. SheQuest membership doors will open again in January but until then, enjoy my art channel and say yes to creative living, yes to showing up, and yes to connection. Now back to our ever-expanding conversation. That's that's why like one of my biggest saying is like your mistakes are your breakthroughs. You know, like what you think is like the the, the most horrible thing about your painting actually ends up being the most interesting or the most do you
1: know what it- isn't that wild? it is wild and i i try and connect that back to you know self reflection if you're yes. one if you're one who sort of believes like i do that your your art is a reflection of yourself i remind myself that those challenges or those moments that you feel like this isn't good enough or this is the shittiest thing i've ever made and you know reflect that back onto the things that you tell yourself about your personality or your life or your achievements. And as you've said, those end up being the most unique and beautiful parts of yourself. So it's been a, a really great uh, sort of recognition through art that has led me to sort of heal some of those things or messages I t- talk to myself about uh, through through that.
0: And I, this, thank you so much because this is where the transformation lies, I think, you know, to view our art making as like, you know, a like self awareness and self introspection, you know? And like, like I love what you said, like, and it, you know, about the painting reflecting back at you. And it's like the painting is you, like you're one at the same, you know, it's like things that want it out, it's out, but it's like you. And it's like really a courageous thing to look at yourself in that way, like just so messy and and raw, you know? And that's why art making is so vulnerable, you know? Like when you post something online, like for me, it's like, I still nerve
1: wracking. Like I'm burying my soul. Oh, yeah, You might as well just post your diary <laughs> on social media. Here you go. But it's it's liberating too. Yeah. And if you can sort of let go of, you know the judgment or fear of judgment that you may receive and just allow it to be out of you then it can be quite free yes and why so why do you think it's you know important for you to make art it's allowed me to get to know myself and I I'm finding that I've just started a new project called the Gemini project and I'd love to hear about it yeah I, I yeah I think this project sort of answers the question well because I've I mean, I am a Gemini, and part of it is about recognizing some of those characteristics about myself, but it's also just looking at the various parts of myself or my growth or my personality, and I've, for the most part, been creating a particular style or image or identity, uh, at least online. And I'm starting to realize that, you know, I'm, I'm growing and changing and there's things about myself that are a little less explored and I want to tap into that more on a personal level and it's sort of inevitable that that will come out in my artwork. So I wanted to be really open uh, about that process and what I intend to do. So it's, it's a little bit scary because to be honest, I, I don't really know what that is going to look like or what I'm going to make and so it's sort of exploring this alter ego or the gemini twin uh and and sort of who she is and i am familiar with with her because she's she's part of me but i'm not sure where the creative outlet is going to go and what that's going to look like so it's kind of a real, um, literal translation of self into art. And I think sometimes people are afraid maybe to paint or think they aren't creative. You know, how often do you hear, I'm not a creative Uh, person. Over it. You know, and there's this fear in the, in there. And I mean, I, I think, I think just letting yourself be a little freer or, whatever comes out. I mean, I like, I can't draw anything. People think, you know, you're a professional painter. Like, can you do a portrait of my dog or this? Absolutely not. Like I cannot. And so I can sort of identify with that feeling of I can't do that or I'm not creative, but I think really, um, getting to know yourself or being honest and saying that through the art, I will get to know myself. So it's kind of a chicken before the egg thing for me. So If you know things about uh, your beliefs and your values, that can translate onto canvas. But if you want to sort of explore what those look like or who you are, maybe the canvas will reveal something um, that you hadn't known before. And so there's the lesson. So it's for me, the Gemini project is going to be uh, just this interesting exploration of self. I love I'm taking down notes,
0: Kristen. You said, you said maybe the canvas will reveal something. I just I love that. And I I'm seeing lots of um, you know, my she collection really is is a study of self, you know. Like just before I did my art show, I remember like sitting in my studio and be like, holy fuck, I'm all these painting, you know, I'm all these she's, you know, and they're all in me. And it's like yeah, it's, like, all these, like, mini, I love that Gemini, like, because whenever I think of that zodiac, that sign, it's, like, twins, you know? And it's, like, like also, also this mirror, like, we talk, you know, we talk a lot about mirrors to each other, you know, and how, yeah, yes. it's, like, and a lot of our work, you know, I think as women, it's, like, looking over at perhaps emotions we don't want to feel, or, like, you know, I mean, some of my paintings, it's like, oh, I'm not a bitch or like I'm not like carefree or I'm not you know and and going places where it's like, no, it's actually I'm all these things, you know um, and more do you feel that way too or absolutely
1: and it, it's you know, it's really beautiful to be open about that and I you know it's called the Gemini project, and there's certainly people that are Gemini's and feel connected to it for that reason, but it's really about encouraging people to be okay with whoever you show up Mental. as that day. I mean, I think there's a lot of pressure to put on a bit of a face, perhaps, or be consistent in who you are. People expect you to to show up as this person or say this thing or act this way, and sometimes it's just not the case. Sometimes it's there's something going on in your life or you're tired or you're hungry or it could be anything that makes you sort of shift or change and I feel like I'm introverted in some scenarios and extroverted in others and I just want to be okay with whoever that person is that day we're multifaceted and it's a bit of a celebration of that Mm, I love that where
0: um where can we see your
1: project or is it like in process right now it's it's definitely a process. <laughs> I do have a few uh, pieces that I've made with this project in mind, but it's also about collaborating with others. I have a few exciting collaborations to launch uh, over the next couple of months. Uh, I have an ongoing collaborative project with my husband, who is a singer songwriter, uh, where he's. Uh, releasing a song each month and I'm doing a corresponding painting that's inspired by the lyrics of, of his so songs and...
0: lovely wow I how did I not know about this
1: well we're talking about it now <laughs> 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 okay well we'll have to put all this in the
0: show notes for um questers to check you out and your husband because that, oh, that, sure, is that. one sweet like combo wow a song to a painting every month amazing
1: yeah it's been it's been a really great project uh collaborations are, are always a lot of fun and you learn something new but Collaborating with with my husband has, uh, I don't know, just being under the same roof and being able to bounce ideas off each other. We've both been working side by side for so many years, but not really together in this way. And I just feel so fortunate to have him kind of understand the creative mind and process and when you're ready and when you're not. And we're sort of in control of our own deadlines and all of those things too. So it's... It's made it a, a real great project. Cool.
0: So great. And uh, one more question about your art practice, and then I want to switch gears a little bit. But um, how, like, if somebody would come up to you and say, like, Kristen, I, I really want to start an art practice, like, how, how can I, how can I do that? Like, do you have tips for anyone, like somebody that's like, doesn't touch paints or doesn't touch, like, what you tell them?
1: I love this question because I do often hear that folks feel that they're not creative or therefore not capable. But I really find that creativity is found in so many different facets of our life. So in my my day job, actually, I work for government, which is so different. There's the Gemini in me coming out which is so different from being in my studio. We spend a lot of time in boardrooms and at meetings and going over public policy and different decision making. And so it's using a very different part of my brain. And it's certainly a different network of people. But I'm always curious about the creative problem solver in the room. So that can be Know, looking at a a policy issue, it's thinking outside the box. Creativity is found in so many different ways from things that we might consider more technical, like computer programming or the business world, but it can also translate to cooking uh, or organizing your cupboard. I mean, it's there's so many examples of where that creative muscle is exercised, but we might not look at it that way. So it doesn't have to be painting or singing or acting or sculpting. I mean, those might be more uh, known examples, but I find uh, it can come out in so many obscure ways too. So I would say the tip would be to find something in your day-to-day life that you're already doing and just recognize the creativity in it. Recognize that, you know, maybe it's walking your dog and being mindful of the the trees that you look up at, or the shapes in a cloud, or just it, it's happening to you. It's happening to people every day. You're being creative. It's just recognizing what that looks like and what that means to I you. I love that. Thank you so
0: much for that input. It's very much needed. We need more people that know that like things we're already doing are creative. You know. Yes, definitely. We're all
1: we're all creative creatures.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. Um. So I just want to switch gears a little and just talk more just about you and your like favorite personal tools for self growth. And if you have, like, I want to know about like daily, like soul ritual Kristen has, uh, it might be related to your art practice, it might not. So I don't know, what do, what do you do?
1: I try to spend a lot of time working on my physical health. So I've I have been an athlete for as long as I can remember and I do have a regular yoga practice and meditation practice and those types of things that I do my best to integrate, but I love jogging and lifting weights and, you know, all types of sports. I find that using my physical body keeps my brain healthy and my soul healthy. And it's just always been important to me. I like the feeling of the, you know, the blood flowing and stretching and like feeling the strength in my body and my muscles allows me to sort of present myself in that way uh, in the world. And so that's, that's always been an important grounding practice for me and something I've done since I was a kid. And would you agree? Like, I often think, like, my yoga practice and my physical
0: practice and, you know, when I go for walks or meditate actually helps my art practice.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, gosh. A hundred percent. Yeah. I I, can't, I don't even know where I'd be without it, really. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I find, like, my, my style, too, with, with fluid art and, you know, you're using these liquid paints and I find that is such a direct connection to my yoga practice and just that fluidity and flow of it all. Uh, One has always inspired the other and I I've printed some of my paintings onto yoga leggings and yoga mats. And it just seemed like a natural uh, extension of that, of my business and my creativity to incorporate the yoga practice into it.
0: Yes. All your merch is so beautiful. You'll have, I'll put your website on the show notes and everything because gorgeous, very gorgeous. Um, Okay, the last little bit is just kind of quick questions, kind of, yeah, just like quick answers. Are you, are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. I'll do my best.
1: (laughs) Keep it simple.
0: (laughs) Do you have, do you have like a favorite mantra, like something, and I know, like, I know I go through like seasons of, I guess, mantras, but like right now, and we're like, totally coming off, like New Year's and all that, is there a mantra that you've been working with?
1: I often use the mantra, and it's a common one, but it's mind over matter. And I like that one because I especially use this when I'm long distance running, when you start to feel a bit of that discomfort in your body and reminding myself that it's my mind that's in control uh, I also like that the acronym spells out "Mom," so it makes me feel sort of connected to to my mama.
0: <laughs> oh my god, I never even saw that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I lost my my mom passed away six years ago, Estelle, and I took up running while like during while she was sick. I had moved home and I was caretaking for her and started mm-hmm. long distance running. And this mantra sort of came to mind and I've used it ever since. I just, it it it's sort of, uh, you know, that dualism there where it is the mind over matter, that re- little reminder, but it also makes me think of her too, like my little mom tattoo I carry with me. <laughs> oh, I love that. And
0: I, I love that you said tattoo, because that's how I see mantras, you know, they're kind of like, Im- like imaginary, like word tattooed on you, you know, so that you can embody those very words that you're. You know, saying to yourself, "You know, I love exactly. that." Exactly. Uh, thanks for sharing the story, Kristen. Means yeah. a lot. Um, how
1: about a favorite flower? Favorite flower. I love birds of paradise. And <laughs> it's so, it's such a fierce fat flower, and reminds me of the tropics where I'm always daydreaming. I am so that's a good connection to have. Uh, and, and it's represented in yoga. So it sort of hits all of those, those marks in my life that have meaning. Amazing. Nobody has ever said that one. So I like that too. Um, what
0: about a favorite book that you've read? Like, and I guess for the purpose of our, our conversation, like around creative process art, you know, the big magic of it all.
1: Yes. I when I was doing my uh, this is an article I read actually it's called the cultural industry and it's written by uh, Theodor Adorno he's a a German philosopher and it was through his studies that I based my thesis research on but and I say I say this article because it was I had a moment in reading it that I hadn't had in a long time so you know when you're a teenager and you start talking about things like space or death or, you know, these big concepts. And you can kind of feel the wrinkles in your brain forming like, oh, my gosh, I'm discovering something new for the first time. And I found that reading this article, you know, as adults, we don't get that feeling or sensation as often. And I really had that true experience by what he was saying, like, oh, my gosh, this is so profound. Like, my mind is blowing open right now. Uh, so I I would have to say that that's been a very meaningful read in my life
0: is the article online is it something we can all read
1: yes I can send it to you I'll share it with you for sure.
0: yes amazing yes please and um, you've mentioned you, you you do listen to podcasts when you mix your paints is there a favorite one you like to listen
1: to I'm kind of all over the map. I like everything from true crime to, <laughs> you know, Oprah, Super Soul Sundays, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I like hearing about people's lives, you know, I, I enjoy and But those progressive stories are kind of good too. like if you if you know, you're going to be hunkered down for a long drive or something, those true crime podcasts go a long way, because you're just getting really into the juice of the story. Um, but I, yeah, I like to just listen to a conversation much like we're having now. Uh, they're very real and authentic and find myself drawn to that style of podcast. Yeah. I know, I, I mean, that's why
0: I started this podcast. I was like, I, I crave more deep and real and raw conversations. You know, I'm really thirsty for that. So heck, I'm just gonna <laughs> Yeah, let's it. Um and I love everything we've talked about today. I just oh, I just love that so much. I just love talking to you so much. Um I love talking to you. <laughs> And my last kind of question um is uh, you know, do you have a favorite treat? Like a snack treat? Yeah, or like a drink or like, you know, something you do to like reward
1: yourself, I guess. <laughs> Right. I mean, my mind definitely goes automatically to food. Yeah. Um, a, good, <laughs> a good slice of carrot cake with cream cheese icing goes a very long way in my life. So, yeah,
0: it's funny because funny. I, used, I used to ask um, if you like coffee or wine. And then I realized the more I ask that question, like a lot of people don't just have coffee or wine. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's what <laughs> you, not, you change, it's it's treat. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> mm, their cake sounds good. Just about now, <laughs> yeah, it's getting on that time. Amazing, and um, I have two last questions, and they're they're kind of loaded, but I'm I'm just going to go with it because you've been just so lovely. Um, what does the expression "grounding to grow" means for you?
1: Gosh, there, it's so important to stay rooted. I definitely have had my share of experiences where I'm living in my head and feel like, you know, there's so many thoughts and spinning out a bit. I I imagine everybody has felt that way at some point or another. But I'm finding more and more just the practice of bringing myself back to the moment, which is easier said than done at times. But that that is growth in itself. And I, I think it's, you know, it's a bit of a meditative practice, I suppose. But just that reminder to kind of forget about all the stuff that's swimming around that isn't really helping you is like that, that practice, like that exercise of bringing yourself back is growth in and of itself. Whatever comes after that Mm -hmm. is, is great. Uh, But I think just that consistency in reminding yourself that, okay, I'm just I'm here right now is growth.
0: Mm, I agree so much with that. That coming back, that's very, that's very yoga. Like coming back to your breath, coming back. Yeah. And then one last question. Um, knowing what you know about the power art, what do you wish women knew about its
1: magic? It is so magical. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, being part of SheQuest was. So- was I think answers this question perfectly, where there were such a variety and diversity of women that came together and sort of found this common ground. And I, I think that's the magic in it that it it doesn't matter what your background is or the experiences that you've had, they they're meaningful. They mean something to the greater collective. Uh, I think it strengthened us as, a group um, and as a tribe to be able to hear this, such a spectrum of stories from from these women and they were from all over the country and, you know, tuning in and opening up. And I found that, you know, that was the magic that was in sharing and uh, helping each other.
0: Oh, I got like shivers, like whole body shivers when you were saying that. I'm just so glad to have you on. Thank you so much for sharing. And it's just everything. I don't know. I just love talking to you so, so much. And I want to know where the women listening to this can find you. And
1: how can we support you? I have an online presence. I have a website, Kristen Harrington Art. uh, And I have social media, both Instagram and Facebook. Uh, You can find me there, kristenherrington.art. Uh, and just reach out anytime. I'd love to chat with folks. I love to do custom pieces and see how I can work with needs and styles and spaces and just happy to be learning from others as well. We'll be sure to check you out.
0: Thank you so much, Kristen. Thanks for being on. Thank you,
1: Estelle. It It was absolutely my pleasure.